Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 37 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name's Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. Who comes to mind when I say 37? This might be a little tough. First person i thought of was uh ryan priest okay more current yeah yeah to me it's john andretti oh okay that's a good the one purple kmart car yeah he had the first wreck i ever saw in person really yeah him and um oh who was it Derek cope i think in the 12 main and tail car yeah, that sounds from 1995 uh, they got together on the front straightaway at Talladega. It's the first time I'd ever seen cars crash at 200 miles an hour. That's interesting. It it was very interesting. <laughs> you see them crash all the time in the dirt tracks for at like, you know, 40, yeah. 50 miles an hour, you know, something like that. For sure. But 200 mile an hour makes a, a lot of uh, tire smoke. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you, okay. You've been to Kansas uh and bristol you haven't been to any bigger tracks in kansas though right mm, correct well i've been to texas texas yeah okay okay uh they they go 200 miles an hour at texas so yeah yeah um plus i got to see one what ross chastain high five the moon that's right at that's the all-star right. race so that's pretty cool um you uh let's see when they have crashes at those smaller tracks I know it's there's nothing like Talladega and Daytona's crashes. That's just in a whole different world. Yeah. When they have crashes at the smaller tracks like that, do you get stuff flying at you in the stands? Um, no, not really. Just because we are always kind of in the quote unquote nosebleeds. But honestly, at Kansas Speedway, there really is not a bad seat in the house and like, mm. you know the only thing that you're battling is sun you know sun being on, directly on you and stuff so but a lot no. of ways that's how right that's how most racetracks are right yeah and not not at bristol either uh we were way too far up for anything to even try to look like it was coming our way so talladega is interesting you um i haven't experienced anything like that at daytona because i only saw 20 laps of the 2020 Daytona 500 mm -hmm. Um, not saying that I want to experience this because I've seen cars just about come through the stands before I've seen tires go fly through the stands at Daytona. Wow. I really don't want to experience that. Right. So, you know, 
But when it, we were sitting at the start finish line this year at Talladega, mm-hmm. where a whole bunch of mess happened in the trucks and the Xfinity. Yeah. Well, mostly the trucks, mostly the trucks. A whole bunch of stuff happened right there in front of us. And so it's, it's the wildest thing. It's, I'm trying not to glorify the car crashes, but mm. they are so interesting. Yeah. In hindsight, they really, they're fascinating to watch because they're scary at the same time as just this amazing thing happening in front of you that you right. can't take your eyes off of. But, and as soon as you realize everybody's okay, you start to dissect everything that's happened. And I don't know how to explain it. The, the feeling of, of actually witnessing one of these massive 200 mile an hour crashes live and in, per, in person right in front of you, not just like off in the distance, because I've seen them on the banking. Oh, yeah. before. And that's just off in the distance. That just right. happens. You don't see anything except you see the damaged cars coming by trying to get, get to the start finish line. Mm-hmm. That's all you see. And you, you, you see the grinding and the tire smoke and everybody like points out the cars as they come by, like nobody sees them, you know, right as they yeah. come by. <laughs> um, but when it happens right in front of you, I've experienced it two different ways. I've experienced it from the top of the grandstands. And I've experienced it front row. Front row, you get junk on top of you. Oh, I bet. I mean, you get stuff flying at you anyway when they come by, like the pack comes by, mm-hmm. you get the little pieces of rubber and the wow. dust and stuff on the racetrack flying, flying at you. Like you go back, go back to the hotel room and you're picking little balls of rubber out of your hair. That's awesome. Um, it, <laughs> I know people that don't, that aren't that into racing are probably like, why, how, why do they like that? It's like, it's, yeah, you gotta, you gotta like it. You just get, if you don't understand it, you're not going to like it. Right. But, I can't explain why you like this kind of stuff, but you it's fun. Like you're that close to everything, you know, but at the same time, when they crash, you get like little pieces of the, uh, the fiberglass bodies coming through, you know, you get the tire smoke and the oil smoke and all this. I mean, you get all these smells and stuff on top of it. I personally like all those smells because I grew up with racing and in the pits and stuff like that. So I, if, if a 1975 um, Buick or something comes rolling down the highway and he has a rich exhaust, I love it. Oh, yeah. It r- sure. reminds me of a bomber class from dirt, from dirt track racing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm right there with you. And, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like there's, for me at least, I feel like I've had way more situations where I had to watch out for flying debris at dirt tracks than NASCAR mm-hmm. races. I remember specifically one when I was little where somebody hit the wall head on right, right in front of us and turn four. Cause that's mm-hmm. t- that tends to be where we sit at dirt tracks. Sure. We sit at a turn because you can see the whole track without turning your head every, every lap. Right. That's, that's you're talking about a little quarter mile dirt track pretty much. Right. So sit at a turn everybody's right in front of you. Right. You don't have to constantly be turning your head and miss something. You see the whole track. Exactly. So yeah, there was a bomber car back when they had Chrome bumpers. Uh, he, he come out of turn four and he got hit or something. Uh, he was on the outside. He got hit by the car on the inside and it shot him straight into the wall. And you're talking about mm-hmm. a little quarter mile track. He wasn't going maybe 
35 or 40 coming out of the corner. Right. And he hit the wall and his bumper came off and it wedged it into the wall where it went flying up in the air and went over oh, the stands. Geez. Like we watched it go over our heads. Oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Golly. I, mean, I can laugh at it now, but at the time you're like, Whoa, there's a bumper flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I distinctly remember that. Hard. Yeah, a little That's bit. Wild. But, but nobody ran or anything like that. We just all stood there in shock as this thing flew over our heads. It's kind of like when somebody, you know, at least in Kansas says, oh my gosh, the tornado, you know, sirens are going off. We all run outside to try to see the nader, you know, I, before it gets there. Like, where is this thing? Yeah. I would do that too. Yeah. Lie. Absolutely. Um, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say bomber class, it is a. Mm. I don't want to call it pure stock because around here, pure stock means something completely different nowadays. Yeah. It's not street stock either because street stocks are level above pure stock. Yeah. The name of these classes in dirt track racing are just ridiculous now. We, but, I think uh, if we're talking about the same thing, I, we call them tuners. Well, tuners for us are front wheel drive four cylinder cars. Okay. So that's the same thing for us. Okay. Those are stingers here oh really yeah they, they call them stingers oh. and there's one one track around here that calls them a tuner but they've always huh. been stingers here stingers yeah i like the name stinger personally i think that's a cool name for the class but uh that's how they were called it that class started around here in 2004 wow because that's when i jumped into it because it was the cheapest class to get into and uh so i was one of the first ones in the area to race the front wheel drive class Nice. Like at my track, uh, the I was the one of the first ones at my home track, which is the half mile dirt track, high bank, and uh, only four of us were there the first night. Oh wow! And I was one of them. In this brand new class that only has maybe twenty five cars total between four of our local dirt tracks, you know. So eventually, obviously, it grew, and our our track had I think twenty six or thirty at one time. In 2007, we we were bringing a good bit of them in, nice. and uh, yeah. But if when I say bomber class, what I'm what I'm talking about for people that might not know, a bomber class is like a hog class in some other places. It's a rear wheel drive V8, um, American made sedan from I guess 1969 to now. That's typically the rules of it nowadays, 1969 or newer. So like your Monte Carlos, your Buick LeSabers, uh, hmm. or Thunderbirds, or, you know, any type of rear-wheel drive V8 class at stock. That's sure. the thing. You have to, basically, you take a car, and you gut all the flammable stuff out of it. You put a roll cage in it, racing seat, and your harness and all that, and you can go. Nice. That's a bomber car. That's what I'm talking about when I say that, just because they, they put on the wildest races. They absolutely do. It's the most fun to watch, I think, personally. But For sure. Hey, it's the offseason. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. So we're just going to BS a little bit about local stuff for a minute, huh? Yeah, absolutely. What kind of classes do you have locally? So we have USMTS a mods that come through every once in a while now a mods what's the difference between a mods and like a regular modified um now so 
Is it technical? Is it like really technical? Yeah, extremely. Okay. Like they look absolutely identical. I think A mods have spoilers and B mods don't. The, to be honest, <laughs> dirt track yeah. classes are the most confusing thing. They Very. they really are. Our big deal down <laughs> here is late models. Oh yeah, we have a regular crate late model class. I actually think we have two different crate late model classes. I think we have a 602 crate late, late model class, mm -hmm. which I think they all run pretty much the same bodies and suspensions and stuff. It's just the engine sizes that are different. There might be some different. I don't know. I haven't dived into these rule, rules, you know? Right. You have a 602 crate late, late model class, a 604 crate late model class that basically is just a bigger engine. Right. And unlimited or super late model class, which hmm. is, you know, do whatever you want to with the engine. As long as it's within the rules, you build the engine pretty much. And there's a fourth late model class that they're making with, that allows you to have like a, it's basically like a board over 350 and a late model body and an older mm -hmm. chassis to keep it reasonably priced. Right. Four different late model classes in this one track we have right now. Jeez. And they all look alike. Except one class has some older chassis, but I mean, can you really tell? No, not really. And not the from funny the naked eye, just looking at them. The funny thing about it for us, the main event for us is B mods. Hmm. Um, we don't have late models come through here very often, except if you go down about two hours down the road, you'll find yourself in Wheatland, Missouri, which has, in my opinion, the greatest dirt track of all time, uh, Lucas Oil Speedway, hmm. which is actually on the DLC for the new world of outlaw game and that was you know haven't got the dlc so i haven't got to race on it yet but uh really cool that they kind of went locally you know and kind of got a racetrack that i've actually been at on that on that video game so that's really cool i wish they come down and get southern speedway and milton yeah. i really wish they would because uh they have a class that's uh they're they're Biggest classes are, you know, they don't really do World of Outlaws too much down mm -hmm. there, but they do the UMP modifieds oh, a nice. lot. Like they have big UMP modified races. And that is actually my favorite class to race on that game. See, and that's okay. So that is exactly the only class I have raced on that game is the mm -hmm. UMP. But what's weird about it is I've never heard it called UMP before. That's Ever. the uh, well. There's two. There's different. There's different rule sets. Mm -hmm. That's what UMP is. Right. UMP is a certain rule set. A UMP modified is not legal in an IMCA modified class. Mm. IMCA has its own set of rules. Just like a hobby car or a street stock is not an IMCA street stock or IMCA hobby stock. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what, it's just different rule sets. We had a track down here. My home track at one point got rid of all the UMP stuff and went strictly IMCA. And they were oh. thinking about making my class the IMCA Compact Series. Really? But they didn't do that. We stay wow. local stingers so all the other stinger drivers can come in. But hmm. our class had the only IMCA Hobby Stocks and the only, uh, I think there were two different IMCA modified sets in the area. But most everybody down here used UMP rules. Yeah. And that's what everybody uses now, UMP rules. I wonder what the difference between UMP and USMTS is. I don't know. I've never heard of UM, UMTS. USMTS. USMTS. I've never heard of that. United States uh, Modified Touring Series. 
I've never heard of that. Really? We don't, we don't wow. get that down here. It's always UMP. So that's just it like, must be a, a like a like a national, well, not like a national, but a regional. It probably thing. is. It probably it's is. Very interesting. Speaking of regional, national, um, have you started a career on uh, the lit of world of eight world of outlaws video game? I have. I'm very very early into it because I don't have a lot of time to sit with it. Um, yeah. I'm. I was starting off with street stocks, but then I saw that I could just jump into a, a modified mm -hmm. on the local level too. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to abandon the street stock path. This modifies way too much fun. <laughs> it's way too much fun, dude. And like that's, so the UMP uh, modifies on that video game is kind of what our main event is down mm -hmm. here in Kansas. Uh, very rarely, like, you know, for instance, this past, I think it was October, the world of world of outlaw late models came to my local home track dirt track in the humble speedway uh so that was really cool and you could always tell when the big guy you know the big boys are here because like man humble speedway is just kind of a place that nowadays you know teenagers will go out oh, i'm gonna go to the races and just kind of like hang out with their friends could really care less about what's actually happening on the racetrack uh when you know usmts comes around or, or world of outlaws uh come around like that place is packed and there's mm -hmm. nowhere to you know set and stuff so um yeah so to kind of like i just kind of wanted to see because i we actually opened our presents on uh, the christmas gifts and stuff on christmas eve uh we, we, <laughs> we, we, did wait, we, we did too. we wait all year you know christmas and then like we always get really ambitious right on the christmas eve like, okay i can't wait anymore let's just do it you know and then like you wake up christmas day and you're just like man i feel like we probably could have waited a little bit longer you know <laughs> but um yeah so we opened our uh christmas presents uh christmas eve and uh really cool you know really good christmas this year and whatnot uh one present that i forgot was Wyatt Miller sending me that the World of Outlaw game? I completely forgot about that even happening. Uh, I kind of just assumed that it wouldn't be here until after Christmas. Uh, I guess it got here pretty pretty quickly. So Jessica went ahead and, and wrapped it up and you know let me open it, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot all about it. And as soon as we got done opening our gifts, we uh, I went right in there and well, as soon as I opened it, I think that was the very first one I opened. I uh, immediately went right to my PlayStation, turned it on, let the disc read. So, you know, sometimes it takes like an hour or two hours for mm -hmm. it to fully read and stuff. So um, let it do its thing because I was going to switch back to NASCAR Heat 5 because I'm in the middle of a, a season and I'm so OCD about my racing that I can't stop in the middle of the season and just play something else. I have to wait until the entire season is done. And then switch video games but this one i did not i <laughs> i forgot about it when I, I finished christmas and gifts and stuff we went back into the bedroom and i saw that uh it was actually ready to play it was on the home screen ready to go so i kind of was like okay i'll just do like a little expedition 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 yeah. <laughs> exhibition <laughs> thank you expedition um i did a little like fast play game and i was like my goodness hang on let me just see what career mode's all about so of course you get enticed in it um i spent from christmas eve night 
all the way until about four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then slept for about two hours and got right back on Christmas day. Uh, took a break enough to go over to her uh, Jessica's mom's house and spent about an hour or two over there. Went right home, went right back to that game and played until about four o'clock this morning. And yeah, it's been, uh, I'm already in the national or what, what is it? Local, just, regional, national. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it. yeah, it's uh Oh my gosh. 40, I think 44 races for the UMP modified. Well, well, as cool as you can go back and forth between all of them. Can't you? I mean, can't you? I, I think. I don't know. I haven't got that far just because I don't have time for that. But can't you go back and forth? Can't you race a national series and then go down to a local level and race there? Yeah, you have absolutely. To stay? Yeah, I thought you could because, I mean, that's realistic. The one thing I've noticed is uh, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that the national race or the national level you race at all the racetracks from like regional and uh, local levels too. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's how it is uh, in right. real life. You know I mean? You, you can race your local dirt track all you want. And then when the big boys come to town you get your car ready and you race with the big boys at the right. same track, that's, they have those everywhere. The, the ringers, you know, the local ringers. Oh yeah, absolutely. For, for a big series that might not race you know, three or four states over, but it, the dirt track racing game is a lot like real life too. Yes. And the fact that they have two late mile classes, three sprint car classes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, there's actually two modified classes. They have the, was it the big block? Yes. Is that what they're called? Yes. We don't have those around here. Uh, we don't either. No, I think that's more of a Northeast definitely thing, right yeah it's more like uh yeah northeast yeah I, I can't name a track right off the top of my head where they race but i don't ever see them on red clay no no <laughs> not at all that's that's a southern racetrack thing the red for clay. sure uh that's all of ours are down here at red clay see i i know i've been to a couple i want to say i've been to a couple red clay racetracks ours is not uh i'm not sure what it is it just looks like dirt but um yeah that's <laughs> just dirt yeah brown yeah, dirt. you know brown dirt and <laughs> got that black dirt or whatever i don't know well if if you want to know the difference if anybody really you know wants to know what we're talking about you you look up where the trucks race at knoxville and mm. eldora they're not racing on red clay right it's brown dirt just straight up dirt but if you look at bristol they hauled in red clay yeah oh place. my gosh and i love the fact that they put red clay on it it would be uh it would be a hundred times worse if they didn't put red clay on it if they'd made that dirt track and it wasn't red clay one just visibly it wouldn't look near as cool mm. you know of course i think it looks good and you probably think it's the worst thing they ever did but it's in the game it is, yeah, absolutely is. So I don't have to actually spend, you know, four or five thousand dollars on a halfway competitive car and travel all the way up to Bristol in the in a front wheel drive class to race at Bristol. I could just bring up the game, right? Absolutely, <laughs> and I think the dirt modification here is clay dirt. I think is mm -hmm. what they call it. So yeah, it's definitely not red dirt over here. Well, I mean red clay. Well, it's the same, yeah, it's the same thing. Sorry. Yeah. Red, isn't that a, a country song? Red Dirt? Or red Dirt? Red Dirt or, Road. 
Red Dirt Road. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, it's the off season. We are absolutely trying everything we can to come up with some sort of topic. <laughs> well, let's take a quick little break, and we'll talk about uh, 2022. Let's go. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So looking back at 2022, pretty eventful year. We We debuted a brand new car. Yes. Overall impressions of the brand new car. What do you think? Uh, definitely has some work to do for sure, especially with the safety features and stuff. Um, don't, you know, I'm not a driver, so I don't know where to go or where to even start with all that jazz, but definitely safety issues. It's, it's number one, but I really like uh, how competitive everybody was, you know, like, I mean, we saw, people like Eric Jones up there winning races, people like uh, the 17 of Christopher Chris Busher, he ended up winning a race. Like, you know, like I thought it was really, really good. The race car's really good. How many winners do we have? 19, 20? Nin- 19 different winners. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the thing about this car one, I, I do think it's the car itself. I don't hate the design of it. I hate the way they paint them, mm. but I don't hate the design of the car. It looks sporty. It doesn't like a like a NASCAR stock car to me. It looks right. like a Trans Am car. Sure, but I mean, if that's what cars on the street are doing, I guess that's what NASCAR needs to do because that's what they've always done. Right. Like the Dodge Daytona didn't look like anything else either. When they sure race those, I saw. A, I saw a video once of them things racing around Martinsville. Like, why yeah. on earth would them stupid things be racing around Martinsville? Who knows? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I say stupid, but Lord knows I'd, I'd love to have one. Right. It's only exactly. worth about three quarters of a million dollars right now. No if joke. not more than that. Um, have you ever seen one of those in person? A Dodge Daytona or a Superbird? I have not, no. If you ever go to Talladega during some like event, like a charity laps thing or some infield event, they usually bring them out there. You'll usually see about 15, 20 of them lined up because that's that's their claim to fame, right? Talladega and Daytona. Right. But I bought a race car from somebody in Milton, Florida. And it was uh, just a front-wheel drive Plymouth Sundance. Just a little four-cylinder front wheel drive race car right mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i don't i just don't have time for it we were drag racing i wanted to get into this and i'm like eh, it doesn't really work for me i could never really finish and i think i finished fifth or sixth once that's about as good as i ever did with it i'll get rid of it like okay well, i wound up winning in it 
two weeks later. So, oh man, yeah. But I only won one race in that car, but it was funny. It happened like two weeks after I bought it. Fantastic. But in his garage was a Plymouth Superbird. I just, I, I forget the car. Wow. Forget the car I'm buying. Right. I'm oogling over this thing. You know, I can't keep my eyes off of it. It's just like, it's right here in front of me. Like I can touch it. Like I've never been that close to one of these cars. It's, I, I mean, have you ever even seen one drive down the street? No, I have I, not. I think I've seen this guy's because I can't imagine there's too many more of them down here. It was in Pensacola, Florida one day. And I saw a Plymouth Superbird pull up to a red light across from me and drive away. I'd be scared to death to drive that thing anywhere. I would I want to, but I'd be scared to death at the same time. Because if you crash it, how much is it going to cost to fix it? Oh, jeez. But, man, how cool it is, is to see that car just drive down the road. And I was like, you to think that there used to be cars like that on the road. Right. And in NASCAR. But anyway, off topic, just completely tangent, different tangent on that. Yeah. So the new car, I, I dig the way it looks. I don't think it looks traditional, so yeah. that bugs me. But NASCAR is never really the tradition of NASCAR is that changes, right? I mean, that's kind of NASCAR's tradition, right? Not just safety, but in general, the technology changes, the body styles change, the makes change. Yeah. So the the designs of the car really haven't changed for about sixty years, but we're doing it now. Yeah, so we're doing it now. That's how it is, I guess. Yeah. So um, what, yeah. what I did was I kind of compiled, you know, top 10 most, I guess, memorable moments of the NASCAR, the 2022 NASCAR cup series. And uh, we could kind of talk about them. Number 10 through number one, if you want to memorable, good or bad, huh? Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. We so, can do that. Number 10, I thought uh, Eric Jones winning the Southern 500 in the number 43 after. So what is it? Nine, what was it like? Oh, was 19 years. Was Darlington, like I think, was in the 60s last time that yeah. won. So it's been a long time. I, I don't know why 19 years comes up to mind, but yeah. thought that was well, pretty cool. Piggybacking off that, the fact that the three car won Daytona the next week. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is like number six or something on this list. That that should be one altogether. The fact mm -hmm. that the forty-three won Darlington, a famous track for the forty-three, and the three won Daytona, a famous track for the three, back to back. I mean, I think it, when was the last time a three in the forty-three won back to back? Uh, I believe it was like nineteen. Oh, geez, Louise. 19 they said it i remember them saying it but it's been a while i mean it, it had it had to have been a while since the last time a three and 43 won back to back because i don't even know if richard and dale did it that much yeah i cannot think off the top of my head because richard didn't win past 84 was dale in the three by 84 i guess he was yeah he, he was been. he was um I don't know. I guess that was the first year of it. Either that or 83. Yeah. I know he was in the two and then the 15 for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it had to have been like Dale Earnhardt and John Andretti or something. 
something. It had to be yeah. in the nineties. It had to have been that because that 43 won a couple of races in the nineties, the late nineties, like maybe Bobby Hamilton and John Andretti won one each or something like that. Right. Probably Martinsville, honestly. Probably. Now I'm thinking about it, but uh, those two should go together for sure. As yeah. one, Cause that's a crazy historical moment that just made a bunch of old, old school fans happy. Absolutely, yeah. You what know you what got? doesn't? You know what doesn't make old school fans happy? Hmm. Bubba Wallace, number nine, vindication for Bubba Wallace winning at Kansas Speedway. That's what you put on your list for Bubba Wallace. Well, is he on your list again? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, what? we we could talk about it. Right, we can talk about it now. Like he, he took away every bit of good grace I had with him, for sure. Yeah, after he did what he did later at Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent. I mean, I one hundred percent agree with you. And let the record show that I'm not a huge Bubba Wallace fan. Never really have been. Uh, but then, but what sucks about it is that I am a completist to a point where <laughs> I buy the elite version 124 scale diecast of every NASCAR event that I was at. And the, the fact that I have this raised version 124 scale elite Bubba Wallace raced win Kansas Speedway diecast car coming in 2023, man, I'm just like, oh. But anyways, like, what is what do you think that victory at Kansas Speedway, which I was actually there for, um, what does that mean for his career? How bad did Bubba Wallace need that victory? Um. Well, I mean, if you hear it from anybody else, you know, I mean, Talladega was the important one, right? It was his first. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you got people like me. That say, well, yeah, I mean, he looked into it because it was yeah. a rain shortened race. And that's, I mean, you win, you win. That's great. They still, you still get the points, you still get the trophy and, and the money. That's cool. It's in the record books. You won. Right. Deep down, if it really meant something to him that Talladega counted as much as it did, then he wouldn't have been as, that crazy over the Kansas win. Right. He acted like Kansas was his first win. Right. Yeah. And in reality, it was. It was the first race he completed like faster than everybody else. Yeah. You know, it's the first race that he completed the scheduled distance before anybody else did. And, you know, being there in person and, you know, there for a while, I thought Alex Bowman, who I think was my pick to win that race, he was doing really well. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, get my first win at Kansas watching the driver win. Uh, and then you just, the 45 was just stellar all day and of course the individual that i went with his name is david he's one of my good friends he's not at all a bubble wallace fan so you know having him not cheer bubble wallace but me sitting there like i i mean i'm okay with him winning but like i don't really care you know i think the the thing about it was i just for christmas i just got my 124 scale elite kurt bush race version kansas win which happened in the spring. And now much cooler car too, by the way, much cooler dude. That diecast is mm -hmm. wicked. So cool. I cannot stop looking at it. And then, you know, in my display case, we're going to have 
a 40 a 2022 45 raced winner at Kansas Speedway and then we're going to have right a couple months later 45 raced win Kansas win different driver mm-hmm. you know like that's that's just an OCD thing you know that's just me like oh man I really wish it was anybody else because it just looks weird you know like now I have to go back and explain why the you know Kurt Busch wasn't in the blue 45 diecast car and Bubba Wallace was you know that's just me being nitpicky. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, what do you have number eight? Uh, I have Daniel Suarez winning his first ever win at Sonoma, California. He took the taco uh, pinata, pinata out and busted it right there on the front straightaway. He sure did. You know, they do that kind of like Ross has seen the same thing with a watermelon. How long do you think it is they carry those things around? I think uh, Ross Chastain has a lot of, you know, a lot of momentum behind the watermelon. That's obviously his family, mm-hmm. uh, family business. You know, he's never he didn't grow up around race cars. He just he was a watermelon farmer from Florida that had a chance at racing and he took it. You know, so uh, I think I like seeing the watermelon thing when Chastain wins. Uh, the pinata, I, I'm cool with never seeing the pinata again. I think that, that was, was more just the first win thing. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, plus he had his first win flag, you know, stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would like to see Daniel Suarez again, kind of Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace, kind of in the same category for me. Not huge fans, but like I could care less whether or not they win. Good for you if you do. Um, but if he does win in twenty twenty three or beyond, I would really love to see that Taco Pinata not make a return. Wasn't his whole family and friends and everything at the racetrack too when he won? I don't know if it was his friends and family, but I know he had uh, what he, he had called, a group with him. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Daniels Amigos. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it was some sort of charity event for children or something or another. I would have to look it up. Uh, but I know there was a group of people there cheering uh, Daniel Suarez on, and he ends up winning his first win. That was his a very popular race. win. Very popular. A, yeah, a lot of people were re- really happy with him for winning that. Absolutely. I was, you know, I mean, Ross Chastain's teammate. I was happy the whole team's doing good. Yeah. Because I like Trackhouse. Trackhouse has become my favorite team in NASCAR. Just Absolutely. Straight up. I mean, they, they got the best paint jobs in all of NASCAR. I mean, I think they were actually voted. I think both of those cars were voted the top two paint schemes in this, like, huge, like, elimination bracket thing I saw on Twitter yeah. one time. The one in 99 coat cars from yeah, the... You- yeah, the you're Darlington talking about race? Dale Jr. and mm-hmm. Dale Sr. thing. Yeah. I think they were voted the one and two best paint schemes in of the season from that poll. Oh. So yeah. Yeah, I could see why. Uh who what do you have number seven? Number seven is something that I figured I would kind of let you run wild with, and that is Chase Elliott edges Blaney at the line at Talladega. I don't know how wild I'm going to run with it. <laughs> well, I mean, you were there. Your whole family was I, there. Y'all were in the pits. and Yeah, we watched lane. it from the infield right behind pit road on a gigantic screen, like massive screen, almost the size of a football field, I think. Mm-hmm. Just a huge screen. Um, Yeah, the whole situation with that, we were going to go back up to the stands, but we sat there with the screen and all that. We're like, well, 
do we want to leave early and come down to victory lane we're going to miss the end of the race if we do that anyway it's like it, are you going to miss the opportunity to go to victory lane like the only chance chance that we've ever had to do this right like, no so we're just going to stay in the infield and watch it and about 15 laps to go people started making their way over there and there was actually a tv above the victory lane uh marquee where the car came through the gate yeah so we could all watch it over there 15 to go i was like we might need to start going because everybody's going and uh we got over there and i had to use the restroom on the way over which is just on the way but my wife took the kids to victory lane and they were kind of standing on the outside of the fence and she saw this uh Taudega, uh, woman this person personnel woman from victory lane and she was kind of looking for people like she, you could see she was searching around and stuff and she had the lanyards on and all that she was looking and my wife not really knowing exactly what she's looking for but she grabbed the kids and she just kind of put them out in front of her and made eye, like eye contact with her it's like just to see what what she's looking for right so she comes up when she notices my wife she comes up and says would your kids like to participate in victory lane like, yeah <laughs> uh Heck yeah, yeah. Uh, will they participate will they actually like you know cheer and and do stuff it's like oh yeah they're they're yeah absolutely i mean we didn't know chase Elliott won obviously like absolutely they will cool yeah okay well come around here and then i walked up and they were bring, taking them around to victory lane and they sat the kids inside wow and we were on the front row the parents of the kids were on the front row of the gate so we got front row standing you know position for victory lane we saw everything right there in front of us but the kids were in a line of about 15 other kids inside victory lane wow. as the car would like roll up to them and stuff you know mm -hmm. and uh he's had noah my, my oldest he has uh he had his own phone with him and he was taking so many pictures from ground level in victory lane for sure. Uh, I think I've shared one or two of them before on Twitter. I'm not sure if I did or not, but he's got some really cool pictures of chase Elliott. Actually, um, you know, the little live pictures that you can oh, take yeah. on iPhones that yeah. move like maybe a second and a half. He's got, uh, he, he was doing that while chase was coming out of the car and he's got a bunch of pictures back to back but they're all like a little second and a half clips of chase, you know, waving his arms or the, the flag and all that and confetti falling as he's standing over his window. That's amazing. Just really fun stuff. I mean, I was so happy that their driver won. Yeah. Good you job. Know, Noah. If, if Ross Chastain couldn't have won, which he was close. Uh, I'm glad he won because they're in victory lane. Right. For sure. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, but come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. So what do you have at number six? Austin Cindric. 
wins the Daytona 500 as a rookie. That ain't that ain't the headline. The headline uh, is I won the very first <laughs> race in our our fantasy league. Unbelievable. Like kudos to you for having the mindset of thinking, you know what? I bet a rookie mm-hmm. is going to win their first ever Daytona 500, their first ever well, I don't know if it was his first try. But it was his uh, first Daytona because he drove the thirty-three for Roger Penske the the year. You're before. right. He probably it probably was not his first attempt at the Daytona Five Hundred anyway. I don't know if but he it, made it, but it was not his first attempt. But it was his first attempt as a full-time mm-hmm. Cup superstar. So I mean, the that's un- unbelievable, and it gave you such an advantage going into our yeah, our I, fantasy because you already had that win. I wasted you know, if, it. <laughs> if if I wouldn't have won, uh, what was that? You won like two races for the end of the year, at Martinsville, I think. Or it was uh the Roval. It the was Roval? Christopher. Yeah, I won. Christopher okay, Bell I remember Bell won. I thought I thought it was Martinsville, but yeah, you're right. Bell Bell was your driver. I remember Bell won. Yeah, so I I kind of got clinched that win at the end of the season, which kind of I mean because we didn't have solid you know, rules, how many times we could pick Kyle Busch and, you know, uh, Chase Elliott, all that stuff, you know, it kind of gave me a little bit of advantage. Well, uh, I could this... do the same thing, though. Yeah, absolutely. Just... I mean, it was, a, it was a level playing field. I could have done the same thing. I think sure. I did do the same thing with one or two drivers. I think I picked them three times, but... Yeah. You know, um, and the next one around, we'll have a limit of three. Yep. I think. I think that'll be uh, a little easier on everybody. Because you get into the weeds after, you know, you've taken the whole top 15, top 20 drivers that you know of. Yeah. You picked them twice. And now you're picking people like AJ Allmendinger and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Random people. So, yeah, next year we'll have a limit of three. That'll help out a little bit, too. Absolutely. But you've already set your whole lineup right you're not gonna I, you're not gonna yeah. do three right no i'm not i'm i'm not gonna i already have my lineup let's uh, just solid. see what happens when the season starts i cannot explain to you and everybody else in our in our uh fantasy point standings that how excited i am for this season so and just to give a little fyi so far we have matt camper caitlin vinsel tim Jessica, John Brown, Nicole, RJ, Billy, Drew Vinsel, Soda, and your 2022 champion, myself. Moi, I think is what they call it. Is that what they say? Moi. That's that's what Miss Piggy from the Muppets calls herself. Yeah. Moi. Moi. (laughs) How do you spell that? M W A H. Of course you knew that. (laughs) That's amazing. Moi. Moi. That's such a weird thing. If you keep on saying it, it's gonna the weirder it sounds. Anyway, let's see. <laughs> so bored. <laughs> I'm, I I miss NASCAR. <laughs> you don't have long, man. Oh, man, it's... you got. I mean, we were counting it up. It's 55 days from this recording to the Daytona 500. Yeah, but like, come on, man. And That's you cut like... two weeks off of that. And I mean, three weeks, isn't it? Three weeks off of that, and it's the clash. Yeah, the clash is the uh, February fifth. Yeah. Okay. 
and then it's the week off. No, no. The, so Clash is February 5th, and then the next weekend it's Daytona qualifying and the um, – no, that's it, Daytona qualifying, right? Yeah. And then it's Thursday, duels, Friday, trucks, and ARCA, Saturday, Xfinity, and Sunday, Cup. So, yeah, yeah it ain't far, man. I know. It'll be here but... before you know it. Come on. It's so long. 53 days is like an eternity. <laughs> well, it's, it's 55 days. It's, oh, even worse. <laughs> It'll be like 52 days when this podcast drops. Oh, I hate math. <laughs> but uh, no, it'll fly. It'll fly up here. I Especially when the clash. Once the clash gets a little closer, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how fast it'll get here. I have to get a TV before then. <laughs> they, <laughs> it, it don't have to be a 75-inch 4K television. Just oh, watch racing. Let me just tell you, it has to be a 75-inch <laughs> 4K TV so I can watch racing. <laughs> like, it has to be, for sure. So uh, what's the number five? Kyle Busch wins Bristol Dirt in a Bristol Dirt brush-up between Chase Elliott and... Tyler Reddick. So I figured that had to be where you were going with that because that's the only thing Kyle Busch won this year. Yeah. <laughs> he also won a truck race at Sonoma. Oh, that don't count. Um, <clears throat> he did win Sonoma, didn't he? Yeah. Trucks didn't ever race at Sonoma that often, did they? <laughs> no, that's why it's kind of a big deal. And then yeah. he just kind of like took the wind out of the sails right there. <laughs> No, no. I mean, it was fun because he's got a uh, in that a deal where he won. He's won every year in the trucks for a long time now, right? So I mean, I believe straight. so. Yeah, that that was yeah. a big deal with that because he only had like maybe three chances this year, right? And he did it. He so, did. I, do you know how often he's going to run trucks in it with his new deal? Uh, I don't. It didn't specifically say, but since he owns Kyle Busch Motorsports, I'm pretty sure he's in for five races or so i know him and whoever i think it's chase purdy who's driving the 51 he and chase are gonna just swap every once in a while and then you know if jimmy johnson wants to come over for for a race or so you know he could do that too that's so weird so weird isn't it yeah i mean anyway so so for somebody that did not like bristol dirt you sure did put it high on your list <laughs> um yeah i mean i think the the last two corners really kind of made everything worth it but i'm not a big fan i love dirt racing i am not a fan of bristol dirt at I, all i love it i mean they could go to a more established dirt track sure yeah but i mean there's nothing wrong i think with what they're doing in bristol they're still keeping a night race you know, they did this because people stopped coming to the races. Mm. You know, when I was a kid, there was a five, six, seven year waiting list to get at Bristol. Right. Now there's empty seats everywhere, except the Bristol dirt race sold out. Yeah, it's very so, true. I mean, they have their reasons. Yeah, no, I mean, good on them for trying to be different, you know, for sure. It is definitely a spectacle to watch on TV. I don't think Bristol dirt is going to be a race that I... I want to travel halfway across the country just to go watch. 
I think that's a prime example, just kind of like road courses that I would rather just watch it from the, you know, from the security of my own house. So I don't have to worry about not seeing the race cars because of how much dirt. Like, I mean, it's just to me, like, it's such a after being there, seeing it firsthand, like Bristol is such a ominous racetrack to go to and if you've never been there you have to at least once you'll understand but like it's it is definitely a uh coliseum-esque feeling so all that dirt i mean it's not going to do anything besides travel up the farther up you go you know the more you can't see the race cars so i mean i just that's the only reason i think bristol as a racetrack is fantastic and i would love to go there again i just it didn't make much sense to me to put dirt on it and then have low horsepowered race cars race on them, you know, or sorry, low downforce, high horsepower race cars racing on them. You know, like I, that was the immediate thought was no one there is going to be able to see the action. No one's going to see the racing making um, it. I don't know. A couple of things real quick. Uh, one, I did always feel like if NASCAR was going to run on dirt, they should uh, modify the at least the body packages. Yes. To add, you know, the spoilers that they need to and the nose pieces they need to, things like that, to make them, one, look a little more like a dirt car. But also, I mean, they're that way for a reason on dirt. I mean, that's how they get these cars to handle and hook up through the corners. And I always felt like adding a few things. I'm not talking about a big sprint car wing, but maybe a late model spoiler. Right. You know, modify the cars up a little bit. You're just talking about cosmetic for the most part, but I don't know. I mean, I felt like that was always something they should have played around with. For and, sure. Yeah. But um, also, I'll say this the 2022 Bristol Dirt Race changed from day to night. Mm -hmm. And that made it better oh Visibly, yeah that made it a lot better absolutely and on top of that they really figured out the track prep a lot yes. better this time around before That's... the drivers couldn't see anything right but you didn't hear that much complaining about that this time around that's because, the only thing I was yeah. going to say about it really fast sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but uh from 2021 to Bristol dirt race to 2022 there I mean they made amazing uh updates to it yeah for sure literally night and day right <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> okay uh number four number four i have uh we kind of touched on it a little bit more uh austin dylan winning mm -hmm. daytona um the week after the 43 so we kind of already touched on that so we'll just kind of skip that pretty cool to see austin dylan kind of weasel weasel his way in not weasel but to win his way in right after last very last second mm -hmm. Uh, number three, I have Ross Chastain wins the uh, Coda race. Yeah, he pulled one of those moves that Daryl Waltrip did a long time ago where he bumped yes. one guy into another guy and it knocked both of them out of the way, and he wanted to win the race. I mean, like, hard. Like, he, he doored him pretty hard. They were all racing that way on the last lap. It wasn't well, like for was, sure, yeah. yeah. It wasn't no, like I didn't. He yeah, took anybody out. It's like well, I mean, that's how they were racing on the last lap. They were all racing like that. So you want to go? You want to? You want to revert back to our Ty Gibbs versus Brandon Jones Martinsville incident there? 
No, because he was <laughs> dumb. Ty Gibbs was dumb in that scenario. I mean, he just straight up was. Well, he, he, I mean, he had he, a couple of moments this year, and that was one of them where he was just dumb. See, in my honestly, if I'm going to be super transparent, I don't see any difference between what Mar- what Ty Gibbs did at Martinsville versus what Ross Chastain no, did at Coda. I'm talking about in the big picture. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the big picture. Brandon Jones was going for the championship, right? Right. He was trying to race his way into the championship. If your grandfather owns both of those cars, why wouldn't you help your grandfather get both of those cars in the championship for? He didn't do that. He left. It turned out okay for him, but he left himself wide open for three JR Motorsports cars to come at him by himself. He could have had a friend in the championship four. He could have had a partner with it. You think Brandon Jones will do anything to help him after that? No. Well, I mean, it was I don't the, think anybody will. No, 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 no. The, the three other teammates worked together. Mm-hmm. They were helping each other as much as they could. I mean, it, it ain't like you can draft past somebody in a group or nothing. But right. they were being, they were racing each other way differently than they were ever, they were racing Ty Gibbs. That's what I'm saying. Well, and oh, yeah. To have absolutely. that help in that kind of a situation would have been like a, a big advantage for him. So it would right. have been three on one out there racing for a championship. It would have been even odds two on yep. two. I just think as an overall picture, that's my biggest thing as an overall picture to knock your teammate out of the way, out of the way, which your grandfather owns the car to. So now you're mm-hmm. taking money out of his pocket. I mean, <laughs> It was dumb. I like Ty Gibbs in that moment because Ty Gibbs did what Ty Gibbs had to do to win that race. Whether or not he was in the championship or not, he was going to win that race. He he knew he was going to win that race, and he believed it. I, I That's fine, but he didn't need to win that race. Very correct. Yes, very true. He did not have to, but he definitely wanted it. it. He, he could have definitely been uh, blocking. You know, we talked about that at the uh, Roval a little bit. We talked about that with the Daytona mm-hmm. 500 2001, yeah. you know, you're, you're blocking for your other teammate or your other driver to right. go on and win the race or make it into the championship. He could have done that. He, for sure. He very well could have done that. So his grandfather would have had two cars in and it would have been a big celebration and everybody would have been happy and right. awesome. But instead he did what he did and he alienated himself from everybody at that organization. And he got all those fans to turn on him. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think it was smart for him in the long run. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It wasn't smart for that. I think also one thing that we have to kind of remind ourselves is that he's, he is 19, 20 years old. He's, and he's on, you know, the level under cup series at this moment, you know, when Martinsville happened, you know, you have to understand that, like, you know, the mindset he has to be going through, like he's this close to a championship, racing for a championship. You know, I need all the extra points that I can. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I would dump my teammate, but I would definitely have the same mindset of, okay, okay, okay I, I have to win this race so I can be a little bit farther for Phoenix, you know, which was the very next weekend. Well, that's what Brandon Jones was saying. Right. Brandon was not saying that, he was assuming that Ty Gibbs was going to let him win. 
he actually said it after the race. He says, I thought we were going to have a really close, tough battle, but then he just knocks me out of the way. And he just wrecks me. So he doesn't know where to go from that. And I don't blame him. I would. I know I where mean, he's going. He, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not racing there anymore. <laughs> he's going to JRM. <laughs> Man, I so would have made Ty Gibbs' life miserable. I guess Brandon has more character than I do. I would have sure. made Ty Gibbs' championship run miserable at Phoenix. I really but would have. Hindsight twenty twenty. You know, nobody could have foreseen what happened. You know, the the night of the Xfinity Championship winning, and I'm. For what life is now, I'm really glad Tiger Gibbs won that championship. Yeah, it, it works out that way. And honestly, it probably would have worked out that way anyway if Brandon Jones would have won the race. Right. You know, because Brandon Jones wasn't in, con in contention, really, at Phoenix. Right. So it would have worked out that way regardless. I just think Ty Gibbs could, he could benefit from maturing a little bit absolutely yeah for sure but anyway that's not what your number three was about correct no <laughs> it wasn't at all your three was about ross chastain yeah i have a feeling he's gonna show back up uh, you are absolutely right <laughs> but first we talked about your win coming at the daytona 500 let's talk about my win coming in at number two double clutching it christopher bell wins at the Roval in a must-win dire situation. He qualifies for the next round. I think the round of eight. Then he goes on to Martinsville, where he found himself in a must-win situation. He wins the race at Martinsville. Advancing oh yeah, to that's right. Four. He did win the race at Martinsville, didn't he? Yes. Nobody talks about that. Nope. No, Just something else <laughs> that happened at Martinsville. Everybody talks about. Oh well. Yeah, he was yeah. good. Yeah. Bell was good. Yeah, he, he was all right. Yeah. He won yeah. two really close situations where he had to win to get in. So, yeah. And I mean, it was my 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 first <laughs> win in, in our fantasy. Let's not. Uh, that. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you got your win. That's a. Oh, dude. I there for a minute. I did not think I was going to get one for sure. But I do have this race to win elite uh, die cast pre-ordered uh, on LionelRacing.com. You can, too. LionelRacing.com. No, uh, I, I, the... I have the other uh, race version mm. car. And not, not from that race, but from his uh, Martinsville win. Martinsville. I have the other yeah. race version car they offer. One cool thing about this uh, Christopher <laughs> Bell uh, Roval podcast, it will mm. have the pink uh, window net. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, very cool. But number one, the Hail Melon. Yeah. Number one coming in. Number one, the Hail Melon. Ross Chastain, final turn of Martinsville to, to definitely push his way to a championship four title shot. A second place finish in the final standings, too. Yeah. I mean, wow. For somebody that never even made the playoffs before. Right. Never even won before this year. Finished second. Yeah. Man, where'd Hamlin finish? Uh, uh, yeah. Fifth. Yeah, no, he didn't make the final four, or did he? Sixth. Didn't he have sixth. a shot? Hmm. Man, that's the story. It right. ain't just Ross and the Hail Melon, which is the most amazing NASCAR move I've probably ever seen. For um, sure. I mean, it rivals like the the Pearson 
Petty thing at 76 and the fight at Daytona. This thing is like a viral thing that happened and everybody yes. saw it. Yeah. And just man, you, you can't we talked about it enough when it happened to where you don't really need to explain anymore about what happened. But I can say I, I watched it just today. Yeah, I did and, too. Yeah, I'll randomly just because it in my YouTube feed. It's like every 10 or 15 videos I go through, it'll pop up some mm -hmm. about uh, Ross Chastain on the on the, uh, the the thumbnail of the video. Yeah. And whether it be craziest moments in 2022, uh, best of, uh, what do they call it, Radio Rewind, or what do they call that? Yeah, something like that. Radioactive. That's it. Radioactive. Yeah. yeah. The best of Radioactive in 2022, which, that's, man, the Ross Chastain, the Martinsville Radioactive. Is the oh, most entertaining awesome. thing that they've ever done. And to give the devil his due, Denny Hamlin, after that, the, you know, hail melon move, he, he gave credit to Rosh Hestay saying that was awesome. That was, oh, yeah, not he was, expected, you know, he was tired of karma coming back and beating him in the butt. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Chastain hit Hamlin. Absolutely. He hit Hamlin at Gateway. That's what started it all. I I think that started it all. It might have been a little yeah. something before that, but I, the the big thing that happened at first was the Gateway issue incident. And so, I mean, Ross Chastain had a good car. He was running the top five or so, and he got into Hamlin. He run the corner a little too hard and got into him, and just it pushed up the track, and he wrecked Hamlin. It happens. Right. I mean, I watched the thing today and uh it was like the best uh moments of 2022 and try to kind of prepare for this podcast a little bit because you know not professionals or anything right but right you uh you want to refresh your mind and some of the stuff that happened people were wrecking each other all year yeah honestly wasn't just chastain hitting everybody they sure they sure did like to single him out because he ain't one of them he's not a larson or a uh a logano or a Bowman or anything like that. He's not a constant contender up front. Right. So you get somebody new in there that's going to race the way they do. Yeah. He, um, he drives over his head and you know, he doesn't belong up here. You know, that kind of stuff. He, he's an outsider. Now give it time. Right. He ain't, he's not gonna be an outsider very long. He sure did finish ahead of a bunch of them. Right. In yeah. the final standings. There's only one person he didn't finish ahead of <laughs> who also raced the same way who knocked Bowman out of the way. Uh, I mean, sorry, not Bowman. Uh, William Byron. He he knocked William Byron out of the way for his Darlington win earlier. That is true. Just straight up knocked him out of the way. Didn't even bother to try to do a, a, not, a like a good, fun race with him or anything. No, two laps ago, just knocked him in the wall. And that really upset me because I really wanted, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I try that not to. That was your to... guy, wasn't it? Well, I yeah, that it was, was your my pick guy. that week. Yeah, I believe it was, and that Jeff Gordon uh, paint scheme throwback was so 2002, which was like my my prime years of watching NASCAR. Oh man, I just love that diecast, and I wanted it on my shelf more than anything. <laughs> and then Joey Logano took it away from me, just like life took away his hair. <laughs> but he he's. Got he, it back. He got it back. Yeah, he's got it back. You win enough him. money, you can you can pay for getting your hair back. You're a two-time um, NASCAR Cup Series champion. That's all you need to cure baldness. 
I think. Oh Lord, um, that's what I was wrong. With, that's, that's what was wrong with Benny Parsons. Yeah, Should've wasn't he a one? He was a one-time champion, wasn't he? I think he did win champion in his championship in the seventies. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he was a one-time champion. He should have been too. Mm. He would. He would got his hair back. He would got his hair back. Yeah. Um. So the Ross Chastain Denny Hamlin thing. So Hamlin wound up just driving like a spoiled kid on Xbox, mm-hmm. running Chastain all the way to the wall, all the way to the dirt. I mean, Chastain still finished the race, still finished ahead of him. And they had a couple more back and forth through the year. And then got the Pocono where Hamlin run Chastain all the way up into the wall and Chastain spun out and wrecked his car in the infield. And Hamlin went on to win the race and karma caught him. And he got DQ'd. Yeah. That straight up kept him out of the championship. Right. 100% did. It took a win uh, away. It took points away because he was only, he only missed it by four points. He, so he got busted. Him and second place drive uh, mm-hmm. finished Kyle Bush. Uh, both got nailed with a disqualification because they had a piece of tape. Who wound up winning that race? Uh, was it Chase? Uh, it was Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Yeah. Something wanted, something told me it was Bowman because he backs into so many wins. Yeah, no, it was. But no, he didn't do that. <laughs> it was Chase Elliott because he added to the win total because he already had more wins than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just after that, Hamlin never touched Ross Chastain again. Yeah. He never did. He just he left it alone. He's like, okay, I'm not going to mess with this dude no more. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, messing with him ain't working. He still finished ahead of me. Right. <laughs> they got put last and next to last. <laughs> yeah. In the order. And Chastain finished ahead of him. Like, what What good? Like, it was like payback, but it really wasn't at the same time. It really time wasn't. Uh-uh. Because it fell so flat. <laughs> because it got DQ. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. And the fact that he beat. Um, he beat Hamlin to the line at Martinsville, mm, just straight up. He, yeah, he didn't even have to beat him to the line to get in the get in the final four, and he did. He beat him right to the line. Just yep, man. Anyway, um, one of my like by, by far right now he is my favorite driver, Ross Chastain. Yeah, by far. And uh, actually, for Christmas, my wife got me the uh, Hail Melon T-shirt from. <gasps> Um, what is it called? Melonbrand.com, something like that. Really? Melonman brand or something like that. Yeah, he she got me the uh Ross Chastain Hail Melon t shirt. That's awesome. What else did you get for Christmas? Uh oh, NASCAR wise? Anything. Well, NASCAR wise, I told you about the the Mark Martin all over hat that yeah. she got me. Uh mm-hmm. it has it has like that ninety eight paint paint job looking design yeah. on it and there's also like a 2000 mark martin hat that's autographed mm-hmm. but she also got me a uh, retro brand uh alan kawicki t-shirt oh nice and to go with that she got a miller light rusty wallace 
hat that is autographed. Oh, nice. This blew me away to see all that stuff and on top, on top of the melon melon man stuff, you know? Yeah. Cause I think what came with it also was like a, a like a little can koozie. Um, Ross Chastain, something like, a something like you have to have big melons mm, or yeah. some, some funny. Yeah. Some funny little joke on the, on the koozie. But, uh, what about you? Did you get any NASCAR stuff? I did. I got quite a bit of NASCAR stuff. Um, I started off with that, uh, world of outlaws video game from my friend Wyatt Miller on Twitter. I <laughs> uh, forgot about that. <clears throat> Thankfully it came before Christmas and we got that wrapped up. I forgot about it until I opened it. Uh, let's see. Got this awesome number eight RCR Kyle Bush hat 2023. Um, I'm wearing it actually right now. Don't know who bought that. Don't know where it came from, but it just showed up and it got wrapped and, Got put under the tree, so that was a nice little surprise. Uh, also came with uh, two, two of the number eight uh, decals to put on your back windshield of your vehicles. It's kind of suspicious that I have two cars out in my driveway right now, you know. So I'm not sure who sent that or who who bought it or whatever. So that's still a mystery, but you know, I, I'm pretty sure I put my finger on something. Um, what? What else happened? Oh, the Kurt Busch Elite Kansas Air Jordan car came through. Uh, that came, I think, literally, I think that I hear like the 23rd or something. And I was like, well, I'll just wrap it up, you know, put it on the tree, whatever. And I think that was it. Oh, I forgot oh, one thing. I forgot I one thing. I did forget one thing, yeah. Uh, my wife also got me a Rusty Wallace autographed um, card mm-hmm. from the uh, late 90s. So he's in his or mid nineties. So he's in his black Miller Junior draft um, driver suit. That's so cool. I don't know the brand of the card, but I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a big card collector as far as like looking at values and stuff. But it's a Rusty Wallace autograph from a mid nineties card. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Like my childhood era, you know. Absolutely. What was the one thing you forgot? Oh, it's not. It's not NASCAR related, but it's a uh, whatever that newest Edge Elite figure in the all white from wrestlemania last year i think it was like 94 or something so just got that for me as well so uh, that's actually do you have that figure i do not oh i recommend it highly like it's really really cool how like the sleeves of the the trench coat actually comes off and you can position the hands however you want it's really or the arms however you want and then just slide the sleeves back on it's really really nice cool deal um yeah i tend to the only ones i really ever get duplicates of are the ones that i grew up with Mm -hmm. and if there's somebody i want i tend to just try to find the better one for sure i have an edge uh i think if i'm gonna get another edge it's gonna be his ultimate oh yeah um and they're relatively cheap right now you can get them for about 30 bucks they're not crazy like some of the first ultimates that came out right like that warrior wcw one's like 200 bucks just crazy um let's say we uh answer a couple questions we'll get out of here sounds good so from tells me state has a couple questions here uh caitlin asks, what is nascar not addressing that they probably should be safety of the new gen car for sure I, and i think they are addressing it i think they they're are. making changes they 
they're just, you know, it's really hard for NASCAR, I would imagine, to hear and see all these safety issues for with a brand new race car that's supposed to revolutionize the sport. And everybody expects there to be change done the next week. How are you supposed to do that? You know, you have so many to race teams with so many cars that, you know, you can't figure something out. So hopefully that is the number one thing that we can see moving forward with NASCAR is that they're going to take this off season very proactively, try to get more safety things done to that race car. So these race athletes are uh, safe at all times. Yeah. You know, behind the scenes they are working on it all, mm. but they really don't come out and explain or talk about it very much. I think that's an issue. You know, like when you first started hearing things before the season even started about how the crash dummies yeah. in these cars died. Yes. With, you know, some of these impacts, like it was an impact that had enough G force where it could have killed somebody. So the crash dummy died. You start hearing that stuff, and then NASCAR, somebody somewhere says, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. But you're hearing it. It came from somewhere. I've never heard this before in any other new car. I've I've never heard that before. Right. You know, I mean, we just went through this with two new cars recently. With the COT and then the, uh, what's that, last gen, Gen 7? Gen 7, yeah. Yeah. You, we we just went through this with those two cars, and I never heard anything negative about the the safety of it. Yeah, I never did either. So, obviously, something was there. Obviously, when you have Bowman like spinning out and backing into a wall, which has always been like the easiest impact, yeah, on a Cup car because that is a that is straight up crumple zone in the back. If you ever notice uh, a car anytime before this year, honestly, um, if a car backs into a wall and nowadays it won't rupture the fuel cell. I say in the last 25 years, it will not rupture the fuel cell when it backs into the wall. Right. But there was a point where if you back into a wall, the fuel cell would just burst in flames. Yeah. And that was a scary part. But ever since they changed the fuel cells, I don't know exactly what they did, but they made them a lot more indestructible. Ever since they changed that, when the car's back into the wall, it just crushes like a can. That absorbs all the impact. I mean, it ruins your car. You're absolutely ruined for the rest of the day. But you know what you don't have? A concussion. Concussion, yep. (laughs) I mean, nowadays, they talk about this car. I don't know where the narrative of this car came from it being durable. But you could tell in the clash. Like you're you're looking at a little quarter mile racetrack inside of a football stadium, and Kyle Larson cuts down on Justin Haley and runs him into an inside wall. You're going what fifty, right? Something like that. You're coming out of a corner, and the car's total, right? Yeah, just that little bump on the inside wall. It, it completely ruined the front wheels of the car and and it can't fix it ever since then you see these cars and every little bump every little bump completely ruins the car like mostly the chassis and the wheels and stuff 
Right. Like, yeah, sure. The body doesn't bend up and dent up, but what good is that if the wheels won't go straight? Right. Just, I don't understand where that's something that they're not addressing is that this car is actually not very durable. In, in my very, opinion. Yeah. Very. In my opinion. I mean, somebody somewhere is pushing that narrative, but it sure ain't me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, Drew has a couple for you. All right, let's go. For you. Uh, well, uh, I think there's a misconception if you've eaten at Cheddar's a lot more than you have. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So you let can me change just, that. You can change yeah. that. Oh, we're going to absolutely. <laughs> so I've ate at Cheddar's once, and it was <laughs> actually the same day I met uh, Breaker and Bane from breaking our power hour i went in over there and uh went to the headquarters and did you know an episode of you know it's fake right with brian breaker i was also a guest on that week's uh episode of uh breaking our power hour that you can go back and listen to right now i don't know what the episode number was but um after that you know the plan that the plan was that i was going to take breaker at least breaker i, I bane was you know, included, but I think Bane had to get home for something. Uh, so Brian, uh, Brian and I were going to go to like a pizza place or something, get lunch or whatever. And I couldn't because I actually had a speech because at the point, at that point I was, uh, working as a correction officer. So I signed myself up for this, um, mental health speech for CEOs and I had to do that and I didn't know where I was going and I found out it was like I thought it was in front of like seven people and then the day of I found out it was in front of like 800 <laughs> and I was like oh no like this is not good so uh after that was done I was actually went on a date with someone and for some reason we chose the cheddars in tulsa oklahoma which is um back when we had that big uh discussion about cheddars on twitter a couple like last week or so uh brian breaker said that he has one in tulsa and i think that's the same one we went to and i remember it was i was still very salty about the 2021 uh coke 600 where tyler reddick driving the number eight car put kyle bush who was driving the number 18 <laughs> in the wall and cost him ultimately cost him that race and i remember the entire date this is probably why the relationship didn't work out very well uh because the entire date i just saw uh tyler reddick's face everywhere and i said oh i hate tyler reddick oh i hate this place well, you know all this stuff now i am so excited to go back and see kyle bush's face everywhere oh i'm i am absolutely ready to go um but no, I don't really, you know, I don't remember what I even had for that, for that meal, because I was obviously worried about other things other than the food on my plate. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't, I don't remember. I just remember it wasn't bad. Like it didn't give me the runs or anything. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, Oh, that's not too bad of a place, you know? Didn't, oh, you know, it wasn't God. super expensive. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, make Cheddar's a, a weekly thing. <laughs> uh, what an endorsement. They give me the runs. 
It didn't give me the run, so we're good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh please man, have you followed you follow Cheddars on Twitter? Um, I do, yeah. They I sure do, do promote the heck out of Kyle Bush being their driver. Man, I'll tell you, like way I mean, more than Tyler Reddick. I hope the CEO of Cheddars looks at that and, and is like, wow, we really did something good, you know, staying with RCR, having Kyle Bush be our driver. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> um the the question from Drew is what is your favorite item to eat at Cheddar's? Do you have a favorite item to eat at Cheddar's? I oh my goodness. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I can't even tell you what's on their menu right now. I know he mentioned that... something about a buffalo chicken uh slider or maybe a mm. an egg roll or something like that, a spring roll. Yeah. Whatever. I, I think he he mentioned something buffalo chicken. I was like, Yeah, that'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, I I mean, I kind of looked over, you know, talking about Twitter and do I follow Cheddar's on Twitter. I do follow them and and they do post a lot about their menus and stuff and something that I keep on hearing is about this painkiller. Oh it, yeah. Is it is that what it's called? Painkiller? I, I think something like that. Fancy adult drink that they have. I'm really excited Tara, good sister Tara. Uh, she actually reached out to me and said that that was like the best thing ever was the painkiller. So uh, really excited about that. I'm really excited to go. That's, that's the secret. You got to have a painkiller for you to enjoy cheddars. Okay. So that's I know where it. you're going with that. And like, I just don't like the wording <laughs> of that at all. <laughs> I don't like the wording of that, but uh, I definitely want a painkiller to go with whatever i'm i'm eating but like to answer the question i don't actually have anything like i don't have a special menu item yet but i'm extremely excited to figure something out and have like my my go-to order from cheddars for sure um drew wants you to go to ohio and then y'all can all go okay let me tell you so i i heard this and i was Mm -hmm. so excited about this (laughs) uh drew to answer your question absolutely one absolutely 100 percent um I so I I used to live in New York and I every once in a while I would drive from New York to Kansas to come back, you know, back and forth. It was a 26 hour drive. And I know a lot of people say this about Kansas. You know, if you're driving through Kansas, there's nothing to look at, you know, whatever. I will say Kansas sunsets blows everything, everybody else's out of the water. And that's just me being biased. But like Ohio, what is it? Ohio and Iowa are the two most miserable states to drive through because there is God awful, nothing to look at kind of like Kansas, you know, like there's really nothing when you're driving through Kansas, there's really nothing to to look at or whatever um, at all. But next time I'm in Ohio, next time I can make it up there, we are absolutely going to go get the Vinsels and we are going to Cheddar's and we are going to go do some fun stuff. You know, whatever it is that they want to do, I am all theirs. Show me around your place, you know, your state, you know, take me to all these really good food places, you know, like I'm super excited. I, that literally warmed my heart because I absolutely love the Vinsels so much. So, so much like Drew and I, I can't say how many countless times I, I have Drew on Snapchat and how, how many times, you know, I, I send him a like a huge long video 
several you know several times a week <laughs> like drew's a, a real cool guy that i'm very very blessed to have in my life eventually somebody's gonna make it down to new orleans or or the beaches down here or something i don't have ever have any anything that i'm going to that's beyond tennessee or so really you know as far as how north it is and normally not as far west as i mean i went to dallas this past year Mm -hmm. but i mean that's as far west as we've gone like as far as a family goes yeah but as far south we go is orlando we have to like somebody eventually is going to come down to one of those places while i'm there I mean, you would think, right? I mean, I know Drew's always going to Vegas for, you know, work and stuff. I feel like you and I need to, like, go to, like, meet in the middle and, like, I don't know, go to, like, Bristol or something. You know what I mean? Like, something where it's, like, both of us are, like, dreading the drive, you know, (laughs) or something. Or you could drive and I could fly. You could pick me up at the airport or something, you know? Let's see. Bristol's about... It's a chunk. It's like maybe nine hours away. Oh, is it? Yeah, because oh, wow. it's all the way up North Tennessee. Oh, yeah, on that's the far, true. far end of the state. Nashville mm. is like a six-hour drive, five or six-hour drive, maybe five. Nashville would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. If the track was any good, I, I um, you ain't joking. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here, man. We've yeah. we've gone an hour and a half with no topics. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's run down the. Uh, podcast drafting partners real quick uh i have the fully postable wrestling figure podcast drunk wrestling history doing the favor positively pro wrestling podcast the lap traffic podcast howling with the wolf with jason wolf and also his chop shop and uh also a disney world podcast i've started listening to magic and the mouse heck yeah and go oh 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 is that my I was shoot. I was just gonna pause so you could just jump in. Oh shoot, I that's missed. Fine. That's fine. Go ahead. So before I get into mine, one thing that I wanted to say is that once upon a time I used to like sit on my PlayStation and do like podcast reviews for after I listened to my friends' podcast and I'd post them on Twitter and stuff. You, did you remember me doing that? I don't. You don't remember? I would screenshot no. the the podcast I was listening to and then I would make this big tweet about it. it you know, kind of going over, kind of like reviewing it. And oh, okay okay yeah, that's what you're talking about yeah yeah absolutely, absolutely. so i kind of stopped doing that and it's not because i stopped listening to y'all's podcast i listen to y'all's podcast every single week but now i have an hour drive home or an hour to drive to work and then 10 hour shift and then an hour to come home and most of the time i'm in my truck so there's no way for me to screenshot it and then like type out this long tweet while i'm driving because i'm not I, I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid, right? <laughs> so um, that's why all my reviews, my podcast reviews have kind of stopped. Please, if you're listening to this, do not think that I don't like you guys anymore, that I don't listen to your show. Like, I absolutely do listen to it. Uh, just can't really get to do the reviews as much anymore. But talking about the podcast, of course, starting off with Brian Breaker and Big Underscore Bane with Brian oh my god why why is it every time i do my ad read all right just leave this in we're just gonna go (laughs) all right brian oh i just did it again breaker and bane's power hour holy crap i don't know why i want to say brian breaker and bane's power hour um 
go check that out. Very, very cool. Brian Breaker and Big Underscore Bane. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour for sure. <laughs> go check that out. Uh, obviously, I can't even read because I'm just reading this off. Uh, go listen to the archives of You Know It's Fake, right? With Brian Breaker and a special guest. Starting in January, we'll start here in Saturday morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. Check out TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler. Uh, that's really tricky because I have it written out as TV Toycast with Brian Breaker, Anna, A-N-A, Travis Fowler. So I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, Anna, who's Anna? <laughs> Anyways, uh, the legendary Bill Benis with no holds barred Bill Benis. Thankfully, big underscore Baines not being as much of a butthole and has allowed him 10 more episodes to convince why he deserves well isn't that how it is 10 more episodes to convince him i think so it's something like that yeah yeah so hopefully you know big underscore bane can unlodge that stick up his butt (laughs) and give bill benis give the people what we want speaking of the legend bill benis we also have the legends from tales from the estate with drew and caitlin vinsel who you heard earlier with their commercial Talking about the commercial, of course, you also heard Pulling Up a Chair with our friend Tim at a Chair Shots commercial earlier. Go check out that podcast. Dale Jr. Download with Dale Jr. and Mike Davis. Door Bumper Clear uh, podcast, Stacking Pennies with Cup Driver Corey LaJoy and the Right Front Tire Changer for Ryan Blaney, Ryan Flores. Of course, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR. Go check out their podcast called Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast. And, of course, as always, Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 37. If you could please rate and review us and uh, follow us on all the, all the social media, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod, and you can find us on Facebook to search In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. You can also email the show, anything, comments, questions, whatever you want, in the marbles pod at gmail.com. If you go to watermaneuver.net, click the top left tab and search by store, scroll down to in the marbles, and there's our t shirts. Yep. Uh, really good designs, personally. I obviously I, I created them, but I, I'm going to be biased. Yeah. I love the throwbacking design. It's still like an awesome throwback Darlington Raceway logo. Yeah, kind of thing. Great way to support the show, guys. For sure, absolutely. And um, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, all of the above, and happy new year. It is twenty twenty three. Next time we get together, woohoo! Last episode of twenty twenty two. Next episode will start the twenty twenty three season. Awesome, let's go! And it's just looking forward from here. And we'll see you next time in the marbles. Oh, that was my elbow. How did you hear that? Yeah, I did. How? Falling apart, old man. I guess I've never popped anything before.